Hello, my name is Adam Eason. Welcome to episode 72 of Hypnosis Weekly. Hello Hypnosis friends and a very warm welcome to Hypnosis Weekly. Once again, in my own highly biased opinion, I think I have a masterpiece of a show lined up for you today. In a short while, I'll be sharing with you this week's interview and discussion all rolled into one with this week's guest, Joanna Cameron. Then, instead of the usual hypnosis in the news feature, I'm going to offer up an opinion piece on the value of being a hypnosis geek. Yes, indeed. We'll round things off with this week's hypnosis evidence-based factoid before I bid you farewell for another week. As I say at the beginning of every Hypnosis Weekly episode, this podcast is something that I want to encompass a feeling of embracing diversity, celebrating the field of hypnosis and encouraging friendly, professional, enjoyable discussion and debate, as well as doing its best to inform and educate. I do not share the same stance as most of our guests and at times have major differences in approach and leaning, but all are incredibly lovely people who I'd happily talk with until late in the pub and all of whom, following their time here on Hypnosis Weekly, I have a great deal of respect for. The views of our guests are simply the views of our guests and are not something that I am responsible for. If you have questions, queries, thoughts or feedback, do get in touch via the Hypnosis Weekly website. All the references made in the discussions, along with related links, are posted at each episode on the website www.hypnosis-weekly.com. That's just hypnosisweekly with a hyphen in the middle.com. You can add your thoughts, comments or make any suggestions there too. Please do share this podcast on Facebook, Twitter and anywhere else to help us reach more of the hypnosis community. It's greatly appreciated. If you enjoy this podcast, then please do go give us a favourable rating, even a review at iTunes. I'll be a BFF if you do. It takes, you know, a good two seconds or so, uh, one or two clicks just to give us a favourable rating. So what are you waiting for? So, first up today is this week's interview and discussion, as I said, all rolled into one this week with the trance lady herself, Joanna Cameron. Now, I met Joanna Cameron last year and found her to be incredibly lively, a very energetic woman. Um, I say energetic in several senses of the word. In fact, when I first met her, she had been projecting her energy onto one of my friends on our dinner table to get her attention. My attention also was then duly piqued at this stage and we had some fun together and Joanna whispered in my ear that she was exploring a very different interpretation, meaning and definition of hypnosis and she began to explain and that's what we discussed today along with our our usual interview questions as well and I'm pleased to say that when we speak about it this time around and on air I've drunk far less gin I think you'll recognise her love for her subject and her commitment to it when she speaks. And I think many of you regular listeners will also spot that it's quite a distinction between my own stance and Joanna's. And therefore, I hope that makes a very enjoyable listening. For now, get comfy, my friends. Turn up the volume. Sip on your tea. Enjoy this week's interview and discussion. So, as I've just been discussing, I am delighted to welcome the one and only Joanna Cameron to the Hypnosis Weekly podcast. Joanna, welcome. 
<laughs> Thank you, Adam. I, I'm I'm thrilled to be here. Now then, I'm, I'm, I want everybody listening to, to get to know a bit about you, first of all. So tell us a bit about yourself. Tell us what's your background? How did you get into these fields? And how have you arrived at where you are now? Well, thanks, Adam. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. First of all, I am I am British, and I, I believe we hail from the same area of England. I'm we from do. Hampshire. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, I went to school at St. Swithin's. Oh, in cool. Hampshire. Yeah. Um, and uh, then went on to uh, University of St. Andrews and, and graduated from honours um, in zoology. And uh, I really wanted to be a doctor. But in those years, in those days, you know, they picked men first. It's hard to believe that, isn't it? Yeah. But that was Scotland in you know late 69 70 when i i went to um, college there but you know i i understood that you know and i was very happy getting a degree in the sciences and yeah and that was a very good background uh actually for hypnosis and if i had gone into the medical field i don't believe that i would have been terribly happy after a while on linoleum floors no, no. You know, I don't really buy a lot of the medical model at this stage in my life. Sure. And yes, I absolutely believe, as I have done, that if you break your Achilles ankle, that it's a very good idea <laughs> to get it set. Um, but as regards uh, where American medicine is now and... Um, for many techniques and for me as an energy worker and the kinds of um, results that I get. Uh, you know, I think that so much of what we do is about belief. And over the last, I would say, uh, uh, three or four years especially, uh, my beliefs have really changed and they've changed in a way that um, I really believe that, A, I can help myself. I'm in very, very good health. And be that I'm I'm effect, effective catalyst for others. Mm. So that's a very exciting place to come from, having been in this field, what now seventeen years. Mm. So and I've dabbled in in all parts of it. You know, trained in NLP, Tad James, and trained with a lot of others. Um, a terrific interest in uh, stage hypnosis, uh, and. And now I would say that I'm more interested in training people. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. It's, it's terribly rewarding. It's that butterfly effect. You know, if I can assist you to, to be a better hypnotist, to have more confidence, then that effect is going to just butterfly and ripple out to so many other people. And I find that very rewarding and very inspiring at this stage of my life. Plus, I get to travel all over the world. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and and if you if you were not doing that, we would never have met in real life. We we met. At, it's absolutely right. I mean, Adam, we met at the UK Hypnosis Conference last November. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you were the terribly funny keynote speaker. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. Um, and then I um, found out that you could run marathons and do all kinds of other things, have babies and have podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> Multi-talented, darling. Yeah, thank, thanks. Um, you can come on the show again. Um, <laughs> but the, um, one of the things, one of the things that um, 
that, that, that really struck me, I think. And one of the things that really does come across with, you know, when somebody when somebody encounters you, I think, is is that, that the presence you have, the, the energy levels you have, the enthusiasm, the the vigor. And you know, I've seen I've seen some clips from your stage shows and I've and I've encountered people that have that have spoken about your stage shows and their their high energy and you know, you just kind of have the zest for living. I, I get that impression. Um, would I be right in saying that? Oh, I I think that I'm absolutely where I need to be in life. I mean, I'm yeah. living my dream. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've always been interested in drama. I mean, as a as a child, I I did pantomimes in Shawford, Hampshire, at the age of five. So <laughs> being on the stage was always uh, what I wanted. Yeah, and. You know, as hypnotists, what we really are are teachers, whether we teach clients individually in our office, you know, my, my, <laughs> the way I do it is I'm always a hypnotist. You understand whether I'm in a pub in London, where, wherever I am, I'm a yeah. hypnotist. I wear it on my sleeve. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah, I get uh, that. Yeah, and what it has brought me is most enormous numbers of friends. And I know cool people just like yourself now all over the world. Yeah. And, you know, I would rather than rather than just travel at the stage in my life, to travel with a mission is to travel with a purpose, to be living what I would call a purposeful life. I'm very clear about that. Yeah. That, that you know, I mean, I don't really have to work at this stage if I don't want to in my life, but... It, I don't really call it work. I, I get, no, you're I get choosing up to. Yeah, I'm choosing to. Yeah. And it's what else could I possibly do that this could be so meaningful? Yeah. And, you know, with my concentration, I think, in the spiritual area of hypnosis over the last few years and the understanding, the really poignant, the really I've got it understanding that, you know, I am a spiritual being and I happen to be floating around this planet right here, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, but the fact that I do believe that and I do know from the research I've done in my own, in my own life and the coincidences and these wonderful serendipitous acts that have happened to me over the last few years because I wanted it, yeah. because I wanted to be able to heal from a distance, because... I didn't understand as an energy person why some people could see souls, why others couldn't. And that I wanted the ability to, it's like bring it on, you know. I wanted, you know, by the force of belief, if I really believed in those things, could they happen with me? And the answer is absolutely yes. If you go look for it, you know, that's what's going to happen. And I've gone looking for it and I would say that my skills have never been better. And what I've done is I have really focused on intention. Yes. It is so important. And, you know, I look at it in a bit differently now in that our work as hypnotists is absolutely to inspire people about the future. Because people come and they're stuck, you know, they've got tunnel vision, they maybe got anxiety, and they're cycling thoughts. But the truth is, they're cycling the wrong thoughts. So in other words, it's terribly important for me now, both in my therapy, 
and in my trainings, and in fact on the stage, you start with the end result. What do I want? Well, I change fear to laughter, so I want laughter. You start with the intention, this is going to be a really good time, and you're going to be thinking about all of these things that you want in your life. And yes, it looks like can look like a terribly selfish travelogue, you know, pictures of boats and houses on the test, and you name all of those things. But the point is, is really, that is what your unconscious mind wants, is direction. It wants to know, we're going in that direction, you know? Mm. And mm. as a hypnotist, making that direction, first of all, for them to come up with the pictures, I put out a video that they watch now, but they have to come up with the videos that they cycle. In other words, this is picture number one. You have to be able to see yourself in the picture. So you have all of these pictures that represent the total success of what you want, because that's what a hypnotist can do for you, right? What is mm. it that you want? In other words, come up with those pictures and see yourself achieving that. Because once you start doing that, instead of tolerating anxiety, and I, I tell people, don't tolerate it. Say, I'm not going to listen to that. It's not good for me. Mm. I'm going to cycle instead what I want. Mm. So it becomes a pattern interrupt. And guess what? People get these things. Yeah. We know that if they focus on what they want and they really put energy behind it and they really get inspired, that when they're in that state, they can manifest their dreams. Mm. And I think that's a very powerful place to come from rather than a client coming in and they've got this problem. In other words, let's not focus on the problem. Let's let's put the problem in the middle there by first of all really making this future just so exciting and putting in all these special dreams and squashing the triggers that they have for the behavior they want to change and doing the same thing at the end and it's rather like an amnesia sandwich you know you put in one story then you create little amnesia then you put in another story and the person forgets what you call the meat of the sandwich mm. but in this case what you have is something like a really good french bread you know <laughs> so the sandwich is really good it's cooked just right it smells just right it is the it is the sound that it makes when you bite into it it is the anticipation of that so that anything in the center can actually, you may have forgotten what you put in there because the bread tasted so good. And I really think that's how hypnotherapy should be, that we focus on what the person wants and we make that really exciting and we mm. give them techniques so that they continue to focus on that thing. Whether they're excited, whether they're rushed, whether they're stressed, it's like, no, you focus over here. And, yeah. you know, makes a difference because it makes a person feel very empowered. Yeah. So that's really what I've been working on. And also when you up the expectation in therapy, what you do when you up that intent and you come with that energy yourself and you do this in a group situation, what is then you activate what I call a group consciousness. And that's twice as powerful. When a person gets in a group, they feel safe, they feel protected, they're happy, they were in a powerful place like I was last year, last weekend in the Redwoods. You know, in those situations, what you have, you get people who bring it, and it could be tinnitus, it could be pain, it 
could be a limiting decision. The people bring these things and I say, you commit to let go of this in two days. Yeah. That's what I do. And I've watched people do this in my trainings for years. But this year I said, no, I'm going to up my intent and you bring it. And together we can create magic. So that's the kind of thing that can be done in a group energy situation. And I find that really exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Everybody changed last weekend. And that, situ that's, that continues. You understand? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That circle has been formed that, that continues. I mean, I can put out a little live video. And those people will tune in and I will give them suggestions about how those things that we negotiated with their spiritual body. And I do negotiate with the spiritual body, both with my hands in a quantum way, but also it's rather like the swan. When are you going to start healing this if it was a healing issue? And when are you going to end? And that's the thing that you can do with the unconscious mind. You can say, you get to start now, you get to start tomorrow. And it will answer you with hand signals, mm. sometimes a voice. So what I find very interesting right now is that there are people like me and many others, now it doesn't matter whether, what we call it, whether we call it the, the spiritual body or whether we call it a higher energy, you know, or whether you call it a higher consciousness. But there is no doubt that that base of us, which is all energy, that that base is really intention. And if you put a thought into that field of intention, you know, that's the creative space. Mm. And you put that in without limiting beliefs and that you really focus on that and you really want that, that you can achieve it. Yeah. So um, now, do hypnotherapists generally do this? Do they put what they do in terms of The Secret, which was a very, very powerful book? But the trouble with The Secret is that it, you know, people thought, well, all I have to do is just think about a car or have to think about it and then it appears. But The Secret never really talked about the unconscious mind. But that's what we do as hypnotists. We allow people to get in touch with their unconscious mind so that they can have that much more awareness. And when they have that much more awareness and they put that out there in a divergent fashion, in other words, they become divergent thinkers. When they do that, that I don't believe there's, there are any limitations on what people can create. Mm. And that I find very exciting. And I think we as hypnotherapists have to come together and say, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing? We have to be open in the techniques that we use. Don't really believe in the ownership of information. Yes, I believe that people need to make a living. But in the end, we are stronger when you have people like me who can take four days of Tad James, in other words, setting up a timeline. And I can do it with, yes, the use of his words, which I then improve, but then I can use my energy and I can use my voice with its timber, with its cadence, and I can boil that down to a few sentences yeah. and make that change that much more quickly. Mm. So that's what I do is I, I take Ericsson techniques, I take Elman techniques, I take um, 
I look at the swan, I, I do spinning totally differently, is that I take techniques and then I put my energy into them. Mm. So it's different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, 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 you've touched upon lots of the things that 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 we were that we we're going to discuss um, um, later on in our discussion. But it seems to make a lot of sense for me just to just to kind of go 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 into that topic now, if if that's okay with you. Yes. Because yeah. um um you know you know you 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 whispered in my ear um very sweetly while we were at the UK hypnosis convention um. Um, um, and 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 you wrote to me a little bit about it as well, and and we spoke about how how you were really in favour of expanding the present definition of hypnosis. Um, so tell me a little bit about that. You know, wh wh where are you at as far as hypnosis is concerned? And and because I know that some of it relates to some of the things that you've been speaking about now. And perhaps you you, you could just explain a little bit about how you arrived with that and how you explain it to your students or clients and so on. Well, I th it's a very good question, and um, I've spent quite a lot of time talking, thinking about this, but I think, in essence, that what hypnosis is, is that it's a shared energy state that is based on rapport. Mm. And in that energy state, you are very much more aware. It would be called the zone. In other words, when the unconscious mind is just totally present, mm. you know, then the conscious mind can't do anxiety. Then you are able to bring in all of your senses. And someone who really wants to be in the present, in other words, wants to be super aware, maybe like me, wants to be more than 3D, right? wants to see the souls, 4D, 5D, because we certainly are experiencing all of that. It's just that we have very crude sense organs, right? <laughs> so a tree looks like a tree, right? It's solid and dense, but that's not really what's going on, you know? Mm. So for me, the, I mean, when I'm with a client, I'm going to go into a trance with that client. Mm. And it really is a shared energy state. And, you know, the most amazing changes can happen, whether that is a group of two or whether that's a group of 10 people in what I would call a group consciousness state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The group consciousness that you were referring to earlier. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So... In other words, if we look at it then as a shared energy state, that that brings in many other kinds of what I would call um, energy healers. And I have a group. I'm so interested in this subject. I started a group. It's only about a year old, but it's called Hypnotic Intuitive Women. It's for women. Although we have that better apply. <laughs> but <laughs> any. <laughs> I told them, yeah, be by, like Bob Bob Burns. Just wear your kilt and your spine, and maybe we'll maybe we'll take a look. No, no, it's a women's group. But what we found is that we have people that work in all different kinds of ways. So we have Reiki practitioners. You know, we have people who are like me. I would I would be traditionally called a psychic medium. 
right? Mm. I put my hands on people and I can be a conduit um, to the spiritual body. And, and then there are people who are um, medical intuitives. And then there are people who understand astrology. But what is interesting about hypnotists is all of these people have been doing these things anyway <laughs> for years, right? right yeah. So uh, the question is, I think that we are more powerful when we are together. Because, mm. for instance, I had a very interesting conversation with Stephanie Conkle the other day, and it's like, Stephanie, that's what I do. I also do quantum touch. And she said, yeah, but Joanna, I found that, you know, I can communicate with the spiritual body and ask it questions and have it give me signals. And I said, yes, you know, I've been doing the same kinds of things. So there is this highway that is very fascinating. And it is basically um, the connection between your unconscious mind and I would say your divine mind, whatever you want to call it. Some might call it God. Some might call it the connection when you pray. Absolutely. But it is the divine mind. And some say, well, where is that for me? It's right above the top of my head. That's where it is. Now, it, that spiritual body, that divine mind, has the blueprint for your perfect health. So when you work at the level of spiritual body, you basically just ask it to fix things. How, how cool is that? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, it... And it works. Mm. Now, it was easier for me than just doing straight energy work, which meant the person might have to come back two or three times, and they kind of wonder what's going on when you're sitting there with your hands, right? Because my hands heat up. And my hands are drawn to areas of people's body, their spiritual body. It's above the body. It's not like I'm really touching them. I tend to touch and create an avenue through the shoulders, right? Mm. So the energy can come through their head and out through my shoulders. It's a powerful thing to be able to tell someone who's letting go of negative emotions that I'm a conduit and they can let it out through me. In other words, I'm a safe space, mm. you know, I can get rid of that. But it's very interesting that there is that and that someone who works actually feels presences of other entities from other people. So you have to be rather good at getting, um, getting things out of yourself if you, use, if you use your body in this way as I do. But more and more, I can work outside the spiritual body and negotiate it with it. It's all rather intuitive, mm. but there can be a conversation with hand signals at the same time. And I've put out videos of this kind of work, and I did it a couple of times uh, last weekend. Yeah, so, yeah. And, we'll, and we'll... also, you can work in the quiet with someone. You don't need to know what the presenting problem is. No, sure, sure. And sure. that is a very that is very good, and also in a group situation, people don't necessarily want to tell you what the issue is that they're working on, but we can still work on it together as a group. Now that's empowering. Mm. Yeah. So this is very different to regular hypnosis. 
Yeah, spend, it certainly is. Um, but I um, spend a great deal of time with people sitting in a circle. In other words, they're getting in rapport. They're really looking at other people. And yeah. when really a person looks at you and says, I'm here to get to know you, you know, I'm going to repeat back your words to you. I'm focused on you. My intention is to get in rapport. And when you come to therapy with that and with that ability to detach and most important, the most important thing, which is so important and so very different from being a stage hypnotist is to get your ego out of the way. Right. Yeah. That kind of energy work doesn't work if you're going, oh, God, I'm great. You know, <laughs> it's like doing a handshake induction, right? Coming in, and the person freezes like a, a deer in the headlights, and then you forget to give them the next suggestion so they go dip, deeper. You're so busy, you know, congratulating yourself that you've lost that 30-second window when mm. you have to give a deepener because the person is shocked. It's like, then they'll follow you. Right. So it... It's these kinds of things that make hypnosis so fascinating mm. because there are people that are doing very similar kinds of work right now all over the world and getting similar results, which are really unbelievable. Mm. I mean, and they threaten doctors. You understand? Mm. If I can shrink tumors in someone who has a very wild, fast-growing cancer, which, which are my favorite ones to work on, and the most successful ones to work on, that all of a sudden a doctor looked at me and it's like, you've made nonsense of my career. Mm. And you see, so there's that element as well, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. this does not fit in with the medical model. No, no, it, <laughs> certainly, it certainly doesn't, Joanna. So, uh, you know, um, um, so, so, Let's just let's. I mean, because there's there's so much to talk about in, in in lots of the things that you've that you've discussed here. Let me just let me just kind of pull it back to a couple of people that you've mentioned and so on. Um, yes. um, um Just tell me tell me about some of your major influences. Then I mean, you've mentioned a couple of names. Um, um what are what are some of your major influences in this field? Tell us a little about a bit perhaps about some of the books, the authors or teachers that have been the most influential upon you, um, oh, um, and perhaps even some of the reasons why. Well, I, I'm terribly inspired by Milton Erickson and, and certainly the stories around him. I mean, he was a man who had polio, you know, he was dyslexic, mm. he was colorblind. I mean, he learned to walk at the age of 18 again, having had a bout of polio by watching his baby sister stand up and walk. And just imagine that. His powers of observation, you know, were so acute and it's these people who have maybe loss of sense in one area and the, and the other senses become more powerful. But it's his use of metaphor. It's his use of language. And that very much inspires me. Mm. I always tell hypnotists, I'd rather they said less and used language patterns and really used the kinesthetic, in other words, that sense, than... Mm just gabbling off a whole bunch of script-type words to people, which yeah. gets very tiring under trance. So, yes, Milton Erickson, storytelling. Mm. My first book was called Forget Diets, Plant Tomatoes, and it's really 
you know that title that's that's one of his metaphors absolutely yeah so, um i'm very much inspired uh, by him i'm inspired by dave elman you know dave elman was a, a comedy hypnotist um but he dedicated the last part of his life to teaching um doctors and nurses you know fast inductions teaching teaching the profession mm. and you know, now I look at our professions as really rather fractured. We, we haven't really found a way. I, I, I think that we're doing this in some areas like hypnodontics with Beryl's work. Um, but we still are not really working yet with the medical profession. And we should be in the area like habits. There is no better way to stop habitual patterns than using NLP in hypnosis. Hmm. There's no better way. Right. And that's the area that I see hypnosis really taking off in. I think there's going to be hypnotists in hospitals soon and those people be working with habits. Yeah. I think that it's coming very quickly and we're going to see that in England. Yeah. England's probably as, as far ahead as anyone, I would think, here. Great yeah. Britain, yeah, I, I think absolutely. As far as the hypnosis field is concerned, um, um, it's a really, really it's, it's, we're very developed as far as that's concerned, in my opinion, in my very, yes. bi in my very biased opinion, in some of our previous conversation, um, some of our previous communication, um, you also mentioned um, and just doffed your cap a little bit to Bill Bankston. And, and yes. also you spoke about um, you, you wrote to me about how much you loved the writings of Mike Dooley. Um, um, have they both both influenced the way in which you work and, the, and in your approach? Well, absolutely. Um, Bill Bankston um, was an energy worker. And, you know, when I read his book and he's been around, I mean, I think we're, we're similar ages now, but he's been around um, since the 70s. But, you know, the, the actual, as regards his hand, my, my, the energy comes out of my left hand in exactly the same place as his, right? Mm. So I very much relate to his kind of healing. I also, you know, can infuse my energy into like cotton balls for clients. In other words, they come over here and have a session with me and I send them with some cotton balls, which I've infused with my energy. And that energy is still there for a week or so. And clients like that. So, but a lot of the, a lot of what he said, absolutely, you know, I relate to. But he also was the one that said, listen, we must, we must spend time on the end result. We must start there with clients when they walk in the door. What do they want? Let's start with that and let's end with that. And then the bit in the middle is something they can forget about because they would have already changed and be thinking about new things. Mm. So he has very much inspired me in this way of spinning. Spinning is and like an energy type thing. And it was fascinating, I have to tell you this. But deer are my totem animal. In other words, deer really relate to me. I don't know what it is, but they come around whenever I'm, whenever I'm around this deer. Mm. So at our, I live and I work out of our home here in McLean, Virginia. And there's a group of deer, including one who has three lebs named Gabriella, who basically sits out here, right? And she inspects the clients, and she's here at all times. <laughs> so, yes, she's been around for years. So, and she's a healer. 
So I go out to Mill Valley, California, which is in the Redwoods last weekend. And here am I in this fabulous Japanese garden, you know, a very spiritual place to work. The energy is fabulous. I've been going there for years. And would you believe uh, in the morning spin where I spin the energy, would you believe that a deer tried to come into the training room? (laughs) 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 So you know what I mean? Those things happen, right? (laughs) Animals get it, yes. Yeah. So, uh, and all of those things are the same kinds of things. When I read about other healers, and I read that they work in they work in similar ways, I find that to be very interesting and empowering. Yeah. And Bill Bankston is works in a similar way that that I do. Although I've now found that I can progress the hands-on healing to using talk conversation as well. Right. Yeah. So I progressed from that. So, um, you know, that is very interesting. As regards the how the lights went on for me, and I wanted to talk about that because I yeah, think something, yeah, has to, something has to happen to make you change, you know. Right. And But I've lived here for years. I mean, I first came to... Uh, Washington DC when I was in mid middle of my 70s mid 70s right I was here right. and you know I I ran student tours for years so all over Washington DC now my mother worked here as a wren you know the words the end of the world war II. everybody of course the British British wrens everybody worked on the war effort mm. they had to so she was in Washington DC and she was in charge of or did communication Morse code between the White House and 10 Downing Street, right? And I knew that she was working on the atom bomb because she told me that when it went off, it's like, oh, that's what that was that we were chatting about, right? Mm. But I'd never, never had any feeling of her. You know, I'd lived downtown Washington for years, but never had a sense. And I'm somewhat, I've known I'm psychic for years. Never had a sense. So it's not that we know lots of wealthy people, but we do know one wealthy family. So went to this really fabo wedding, you know, at the Willard Hotel, the most expensive space probably in Washington, D.C. to rent. All went in formal dress. And we and Jewish wedding, we entered the back of this place and there was a chuppah, you know, and the music was playing. And I looked at my husband, Harvey, I daughter, Chelsea, and I said, my mother is here in this space right now Mm. and i knew it i knew it the music they were playing bob sarioso i was fascinated right Mm. the next day i went back to the same room it's still the same feeling so i did some work on the willard hotel and i found that it had been in disrepair but it was used at the end of world war ii because they needed space for guess what morse code and communication it was right next to the White House. So my mother worked in that room. <laughs> it was that easy. Right. Wow. So when you realize something like that and you absolutely know it with every bone in your body, mm. that, that, and then you want more of that, then the universe gives it to you. Mm. And so... so uh, uh, and so that was one of the moments where... That really was a moment that changed me. Right. I said, I can trust this feeling. Right, yeah. There is scientific proof my mother was here. Yeah, 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 fascinating, really fascinating. 
Um, so those kinds of things that that make you very interested and say this is not an accident. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm so, so I mean, you have spoken um, today about a couple of really, really impressive um, um, a, um, applications and, and really impressive things that you have encountered and witnessed um, within your work throughout the years. Um, I wonder if you'd share sh share another one or two um, um, and, yeah. and to, to share with us what would have been perhaps one of the most impressive applications of hypnosis that you've directly witnessed. Well... Yes. I mean, I've been very fortunate. I've had some amazing clients. Yeah. I mean, fairly early on, um, I don't think I'd been practicing more than a year. But this lady came to me and she'd been really badly burned. And, and it was a car accident. She was burned on her face. So they needed to move. The doctors needed to move skin from her butt, from her ass, right? to her face but this poor woman was allergic to anesthetic right so i trained her and in those days it was cassette you understand no mp3s or anything yeah. like that so i trained her and we did sort of a march of the penguins you know she was in alaska everything was cold and, and it was uh all lots of ice and cool and everything so that's where we went and it was all about the penguins and um, Alaska and diving into water and all of these things. And she listened to this on headphones. I never went to the operations at all. I didn't want to for liability reasons. Um, and But she had three operations. Mm. And all I had really done was teach her to go down into the Eshdale state. Right. Right. So I teach the Eshdale state. Yeah. You know, a lot of things that are said in the books are wrong. They didn't expect mm. as many people to get into the Eshdale state. I get people into the Eshdale state all the time. And there again, it's the power of intention. Yeah. That if you do this, you never need have pain in your life. Mm. You know, I've taught myself to do it because I want to be that. I want to... I don't want to fear that. I don't want to have any fear in my life. Yeah. So that's that's one thing that you can take care of, right? <laughs> it's like, I've got you. <laughs> you can get down into this state where you really will not feel it. And you really, you really can practice this. You can learn how to do it. And as hypnotists, that's what I feel we are. We teach people, as Erickson said, we teach people how to go into a trance. And if you take a training with me, I mean, you're going to be hypnotized 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 times over two days. And all of that information is just going to be folded in. You know, it's like up at the trance, post-hypnotic, down, up, down, up. So it's folded in, right? All of that information. And then it takes a while with all the other programs that have to come out, which people don't need anymore. But it takes a while for people to absorb all of that because it's a very intensive yet funny experience, right? Yeah. But it involves like a stage show. I don't just believe in putting a person down into a trance one more time. The same with my clients. They come to me and they stand up for the first 15 minutes. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. and I put them into a trance first by putting them on my shoulder. That's when I put in the initial sleep suggestion. 
And then I use the chairs for going really into and doing Eshdale state and doing work with the spiritual body. That's really how I operate. But right. I want to get I want to get everybody down there to really experience that level of trance. Right, right, fascinating, fascinating. Yeah. Um, That's my goal with everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and you know, I mean, I mean, some of these um, and the applications that you've been speaking about today, you know, are are, are something else, something else. Now. This has been some journey for you, hasn't it? You know, I'm getting that. And it's been a journey that spanned a number of years, um, Joanna. It um, has. Now, if you could go back. So it's a question I ask all of my guests. If you could go back to when you started out exploring the, this field and knowing the stuff you know now, is there anything you do differently? And if so, what? And is there any advice that the person you are today would give that younger you um, that you'd share with our, our listeners? Yes, well, I, I will share it. Thank you. I, I think that I work with, you know, I teach basically stage and therapeutic hypnosis. Yeah. But I think it's best for all hypnotists to look at, at what they do, you know, rather like what Shakespeare said, that life is a stage. So that being a hypnotist is taking it out there. In other words, you, knew, you need to do that to develop as a hypnotist. And when you take it out there, you need also to have film made because the best way to learn about yourself, even though it can be painful to begin with looking at yourself, mm. but to watch yourself on video and then edit your own video, it's that observer and the observed thing. Mm -hmm. Things change when we look at it. That's, that's in fact yeah. my my view as to how this world is here it's just that when we light can be both a particle and a wave right mm. it can be both things what changes it is how we observe it <laughs> yeah. so this act of observation is so vital and it is why we as you know as higher primates we we have this ability with our cerebral lobes cerebral lobes to create, to dissociate, and make pictures of ourselves. You know? mm, yeah. As I tell my clients, you can make a picture of yourself, you know, in the mirror, thirty pounds lighter than you are now. Now that's empowering, mm. right? Other animals can't do that. They don't have that ability to imagine. Mm. But that's what we have, and and that's why hypnosis is it is the opening up of the imagination is really. It's a state of active emotion. Since you asked me um, about the definition, I would say that it's a state of active imagination. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. And it can be shared, or let's face it, you can go into a trance by yourself. Yeah. It's still a state of active Im imagination. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. Um, that that's how I would describe it now as as to as to what I would do differently no I think the most important thing is that you do that you we didn't have YouTube when I first began yeah. um, but right now I mean I have a hundred and thirty videos on YouTube I'm totally transparent there's nothing that I don't do that isn't secret you know what I mean I don't have yeah. any secret yeah right if I know something I'm going to teach it 
right? Yeah, good for you. I, I, I get that. that. I get that about yeah. you. I, we'll, we'll, I we'll put a link, by the way, to your YouTube channel on this yeah. episode's um, right. page of the, the website. Um, so I think that the most important thing is that you do. And then find people that you relate to energetically, right? Mm. Find people that you want to model. All hypnosis, really, stage hypnosis. I mean, I'm basically, as a hypnotist, or even as a, as a therapist, the same thing. I'm going to show people what trance looks like, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put myself into a trance and relax and do something silly and give people permission to do the same thing. Yeah. It's the same with tapping or some of these other things. The hypnotist must lead and say, can you do this? It's really good and it always works. And people will do it then. Mm. But they have to be prepared to model things and show people what it looks like. So I would find someone that you think that has really good energy, that motivates you, that inspires you, and watch them. And get everything that they put out and ask them for copies of their language patterns. I post all of this stuff on my Translady site, on my women's site. I post all of the language, everything that I do, I post it on the file site so that people can see what I say and hear what I say. And I think that that's really important. Hypnosis is really about intention. And then it's simply trusting that ability to go into a trance and lead the person with you into that trance. Mm. And when that happens in the right situation, as it always does when it's set up right, then, then the results can be absolutely miraculous. Mm. And, um, you know, I've, I've seen people uh, walk away from fast-growing cancers. I've seen people um, walk away from pain. And these things have happened in trainings. I've watched people who've never slept be able to sleep again. I've watched soldiers with dreadful post-traumatic stress in Iraq, you know, let it go, leave it behind. So all of these things I've watched over the years. And, and I think it's very exciting that it's becoming much more mainstream. Certainly my Reiki business, I would say, I do Reiki pretty much with everyone, but people don't have a sense of what, of what you're doing. Right. But many people, but many people also that come to me are also highly energetic like I am. And it's surprising to me how much people do feel that. Yeah. And that it does empower them because they may have picked you, picked you as a hypnotist because they energetically relate to you. I mean, I do 70% of my work is, is on Skype or right. on Facebook Messenger. And I do work all over the world. I work with hypnotists in Australia. I work with hypnotists in Britain. I mentor so I work all over the world. Mm, mm. And that's really very interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely it is. And I think that you'll find that quite a few people who have, like, like I have, have taught and traveled in Canada and Britain and Australia, all these different places, that that's also where their clients are too. Mm, yeah. So it's fascinating. I mean, yeah. I have British clients. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I can tell that you love it. Um, you know, I, I can tell that you have a huge amount of passion and love for what you do. 
um, you know, it really comes through in in the way you communicate and so on, um, both both in real life and you know, uh, and here online while we're recording. Um, I also give it away. You know, I'll be sitting on a plane, and someone will say, "Oh, I've got a pain in my hand. This this happened to me." And in that situation, you know, I'm not going to sort of say, "Where's your checkbook?" <laughs> <laughs> but you know. I'm going to fix the hand. Yeah, yeah, good. Good. You know, and, but that ability to say that, you know, I, I tell people, well, I'm, you know, I'm this or whatever you can afford. I mean, yeah. I don't, I'm like Bob Burns, you know, he'll take a bottle of, you know, he'll take, take a bottle of Glenranchy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, and, and I, I like to make room for that. Yeah. And if if you're out there as a person and like he is, I mean, I've been with Bob in Montrose, his hometown. And you're when you're with Bob and you go to you go to the store with him to pick up stuff, everybody knows him. Yeah. And and because he also is out there doing his thing. Yeah. And I'm a similar kind of personality. You know, I'm known at the golf course, you know, I'm known in my swim group. I'm known and people know I'm a hypnotist. Yeah. And that also is the other advice. You know, say you're a hypnotist, you know. Yeah, let the believe let the world it. know. Yeah, believe it and take it take it out there and learn some party tricks, you know. Learn to have fun with it. And because laughter is is the best is the best place that you can really go as a hypnotist. I mean Turning fear into laughter is is the absolute best. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I could not agree with you more. There, you know, I think um, um, it's such a it's such a beautiful thing to share um, um, laughter. You know, it's it's a really intimate thing, and it's um, it's uh, it's something that that creates a, a you know a, a wonderful connection and pulls down barriers um, and so on. Yeah, I think um, I'm, I, I I couldn't agree with you more. Um, um, with regards to that now um, um, um where can people go to learn more about your work your approach to this kind of stuff um, um tell us a little bit about that I, I know you've got some stuff coming up as well you're going to be coming to england as well so perhaps tell us a little bit about that yes well i'm coming to england i still i have a family there that my mother died when I was in my 20s and I was sort of adopted by another family who I've known for years. And so I've had this, would you believe, friendship that started when I was five and my my friend was 25, but now we're, you know, like 65 and 85. Can you believe it? <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? It's lovely. Right? Yeah. It is fabulous. So I am the eldest of four and I spend time in Shawford where I was brought up. Um, in their home and I come to England and I love it. I love being in England. I love my British friends. I'm going to a British wedding and you love it from hypnotists. <laughs> Jessica Oates and Tyrone. I hardly wait to buy a hat and do all of that when I come in June. So yes, I'm coming um, in June and I'm teaching with um, Lizzie Lizzie, terribly talented and in Penrith which is the Northern Lake District, June 17th, June 18th. So yeah. I'm excited about that. Great. And I will, um, I'm teaching um, my my training here again, you know, in Britain, 
Yeah. And I'm teaching also at HypnoThoughts Live. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, which is the big conference here in August. Uh, what am I working on? I'm I'm going to update my book, uh, Forget Diet, Plant Tomatoes, which I wrote some years back. Right. But I will include all of this information about intention in in it, and I want. Right. To, okay. I want I want to do that. And my uh, hypnotic intuitive women's book group is writing a book. In other words, we've all contributed. Many of us have contributed. Right. And these wow. point to, these are going to be unusual spiritual stories. Mm. Yes. I'm talking um, other lives, ghosts, um, souls, the, uh, that kind of a book. Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah, fascinating. Yeah. yeah fascinating. And so... Uh, I even have a video which I need to put in it because I actually saw souls when I was in New Zealand. I absolutely saw them. And I videoed it. There you are, right? So those kinds of things um, uh, are very important. I think that uh, I think our field is moving forward to accept all kinds of other energy disciplines. And I think it's very necessary. Mm. It it broadens us, you know. It makes us bigger. Mm. Um. Um. And 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 your websites. Yes, my website is www.joannacameron.com, and it also opens under my stage name www.translady.com. I'm on YouTube as the Trance Lady. Yeah. Um, and YouTube is a very good place to, uh, go take a look at my instructional videos, my showcase videos. I have, um, all kinds of things there from the release of negative emotions to spinning to fast phobia model, all of those things. Um, I have, I have videos on, on my YouTube site. And most people, I think, learn a great deal from watching a video of something. Mm. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. So um, um, I will make sure that there are links to all of these different pages, all of these different websites um, um, for people to go explore your work, have a look at some of the workshops and and visit and so on. And um, And Joanna Cameron, we're out of time. I, I can't believe it. I know, I know, it's zipped by. It just zipped by. I mean, it's, I would like to have actually asked you a great deal more about what you do. You understand? I know that this this interview seemed one-sided, but I do appreciate that, and I would learn just as much from you, Adam. You understand? Well, yeah. I learn from others. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, um, 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 next time we next time we are at a conference or something together, we will engineer some time together and we will talk heartily. And um, 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 but but here on the podcast, when you are my guest, it's all about you. We shine this light on you and what you do. Um, um, and it's about you. And it's not about my opinion and my thoughts. Um, although there is an episode of the podcast which where, where we did a reverse role. And I spoke a little bit about uh, about my stance and things like that. Um, um, but it's been a real, real pleasure having you on the show. Um, um, Joanna Cameron, thank you for being this week's Hypnosis Weekly guest.
Well, thank you, Adam. I've had a great I've had a great time, and I just love your energy. And I can't wait to see you again. And and we will. Uh, I will just run over to Dorset next time. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm in Britain. Yeah, I yeah. want that. I want that to happen. Joanna, yes. Thank you ever so much. So instead of our usual hypnosis in the news section, um, um, as, is, as is sometimes the case here, I just wanted to offer up an opinion piece on a topic that's really close to my heart. Um, many, many years ago, um, I, I first became aware of these hypnosis geek evenings that were being run by Anthony Jackwin, a friend of the show, um, a professional peer of mine, someone I highly respect. And um, as a result, uh, my, my, my other friend, James Brown, again, good friend of the show, uh, James Brown and I, um, I'm down here on the south coast of the UK, started running very similar um, hypnosis geek evenings. And over the years, I've, I've gradually um, uh, really taken on this, this notion of being a hypnosis geek. You know, I love the notion of it. So I just wanted to talk geek a little bit. You know, if, if I were to take some of the official dictionary definition of geek and tweak it a little bit to sort of contextualize what I'm talking about today, let me give you a definition of, of hypnosis geek, for example. Um, um, in noun format, hypnosis geek, um, um, refers to a knowledgeable and obsessive enthusiast. Um, on a verb level, a geek may be someone who will engage or discuss um, um, hypnosis-related tasks obsessively or topics obsessively or with great attention to technical and theoretical detail um, um, or, or become extremely excited or enthusiastic about the subject you know typically one of specialist or minority interest you know uh, I'm totally geeking out over this meta-analysis detailing the efficacy of hypnosis as a means of treating dyslexia um, um I like hypnosis geeks, you know, I, I tend to consider myself to be one, you know, it's a self-proclaimed moniker, um, but I'm incredibly technical and derive great joy from the theoretical and academic debate of my subjects. And I, I hope that this podcast is testament to that for those that, 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 that perhaps haven't read my books or, or, or attended a lecture that I've de 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 delivered. Um, I lecture on the detailed workings of hypnosis. I've written what I would consider to be some very evidence-based books on the subject. I research hypnosis at PhD level. I've, uh, I have this hypnosis podcast. I write uh, a, a very well-read uh, hypnosis blog. I read academic papers on the subject for fun. And, you know, I tend to know the research supporting this well that uh, this field quite well. I, at least, at least I'm I'm familiar with it, uh, and I get excited about it. I love what can be done with hypnosis. I think that qualifies me to to be a hypnosis geek, albeit self-titled. So, what what do we actually mean in in sort of general terms? You know, I think these days geeks are becoming a sort of subculture, which are growing more and more prevalent in contemporary society. Um, maybe they were once marginalised, but you know, things like the TV shows like The Big Bang Theory and any kind of sci-fi and TV and films um, have tended to change uh, public perception of a number of qualities that are actually considered desirable in in an individual. You know, being a geek is finally becoming cool. Um, though I think they're cool because they're not bothered about being cool. You know, try being a geek to be cool and you simply become a hipster. And whether you like 12 foot long beards, wearing woolly hats during the height of summer, wearing skinny jeans and lumberjack shirts or not, that's not really what I'm talking about here today. 
So according to research by Imgur, um, being a geek is actually cool in today's world, especially amongst um, uh, millennials. In fact, 60% of the 83 million millennials consider themselves geeked, um, geeks compared to just 38% of Gen Xers and baby boomer era people. And, and the study also shows that geeks are trendsetters and influencers. 84% of geeks say people look to them for advice, for example. Although some places haven't quite embraced geeks and geek culture like others have, it's changing now. More than that, it's also welcome news for all of us who geek out about our own work, um, passionately probing to innovate, improve, dissect and lead others to the discovery of their best selves or the best elements of their profession field, for example. One of my favourite quotes is by actor, writer and comedian Simon Pegg, and he states, being a geek is all about being honest about what you enjoy and not being afraid to demonstrate that affection. It means never having to play it cool about how much you like something. It's basically a licence to proudly emote on a somewhat childish level rather than behave like a supposed adult. Being a geek is extremely liberating. Yes, well said, Simon Pegg. You know, so being a geek isn't something to be ashamed of. It's something to be proud of and most definitely an awesome way to be. And I wanted to offer up a couple of reasons why I think this is the case. Um, you know, please bear in mind, there's a certain degree of tongue in cheek going on here. But, uh, but, but heck, you know, never a truer word spoken in jest and all that. Um, um, so, so some reasons as to why. And then I'm going to make this much more relevant to, to, to hypnosis. Firstly, the geek brain, you know, has this innate ability to focus intensely. You know, some may call it obsessive, but when geeks put their minds to a task or a subject, they're able to focus on it like no other group of people. Um, it's the reason you can uh, see geeks ploughing through 20 academic papers in a single setting, burn through an entire box set of Breaking Bad in a weekend, or the reason they have to increase their maximum character level cap in World of Warcraft. And one of the reasons that top tech companies, for example, are looking for geeks. But geeks are also defined by their enthusiasm for things. You know, in general, geeks are inherently enthusiastic about the things that they like or enjoy. They source props and replicas of films, for example, TV objects that they think are awesome. They wear T-shirts bearing catchphrases um, while they stand in line for hours to meet creators and stars of shows that they watch obsessively. And perhaps, you know, they'll dress up as characters and go to conventions. Still, they'll come to work every day with that same energy and enthusiasm. If you've ever been in a training of mine and heard the way I talk about the TV show Red Dwarf, then you know that sci-fi geekery is in fact another facet of my own. Thirdly, a geek tends to be surprisingly resilient. For some, it may well derive from having some fun poked at them or being teased about the things they love. But geeks tend to be incredibly resilient and able to bounce back from, from most things. That's why they make for such good community moderators, able to take um, some perhaps ridiculous abuse from, from internet commenters, um, take that stuff on the chin and laugh at how ridiculous it is, rather than descend into depressive shame spiral and unable to do anything for the rest of the day. Resilience is part and parcel of being a geek. Um, geeks are innovators, you know. Have you heard about 
the latest social networking site or the latest in wearable technology, the latest iOS update. Um, um, well, you would have heard about it if you were a geek, perhaps, you know, a technology geek in particular. Geeks like sharing news and information. Follow a geek on Twitter. You'll know about that stuff weeks before you would have done. Otherwise, usually the, the moment it's announced, you know, find a geek in any subject that you want to know more about and follow them. And, and you know, you, you'll begin to become aware of, of, of innovations and research and and developments within that field. Geeks are usually the ones who've created the latest innovations too. Geeks are usually pioneering the field that they work in. Whatever field you work in or have an interest in, find a geek of that field. Follow them closely, you know, without stalking them, obviously. Go track down hypnosis geeks, you know, you hypnosis professionals, and follow them. Watch and read their output. Geeks tend to advocate for the outsider as well, the uncool, you know, and that is that they'll step away from some of the mainstream or, or faddish kind of uh, kind of regimen. A geeks often side with the underdog or the oppressed and are sort of accustomed to being looked upon in unusual ways, made fun of or pushed to the edges of society. Because of it, geeks tend to be amazing advocates for outsiders and the uncool. In every field, you want to hear from people on those fringes, people that are innovating and those that have intensive knowledge and enthusiasm. You know, sometimes you want to step away from the mainstream and, and, and just trying to confirm what you already know and go and hear about some of that stuff that's happening innovatively um, um, on the fringes. The geek tends to focus on people's strengths and skills. You know, it's simple for geeks. Um, how much money you have in the bank, how many friends you have, how much influence you have doesn't matter. Um, those things aren't aren't necessarily positive. In the hypnosis field, hypnotherapists should be looking at and learning from academics, neuroscientists, researchers, incredible sources of education to further their own career, their knowledge, their skills. Yet the masses tend to opt for following those who make the most noise or who has the loudest voice, for example. The truth is, all of us are geeks are on some level about something. However, most of us don't focus our inner geek on utilising some of the most obvious and powerful paths to turn ideas into game-changing success. So, a couple of areas I recommend you explore to turn your geeky ideas into results, you know. Find mentors. Um, find people that have, uh, that, 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 that have really succeeded. Um, go places, do things where you'll be stretched and strive to, to rise up and meet those that are ahead of you, you know, and, and be around people that um, are a good influence and that will stretch your knowledge, your skills and so on. And explore. Rest and relaxation is important to our well-being, but it's more to holidays than just dipping your toes in the water. Go new places, see different things and the different ways that people do things, you know. And I don't just mean this literally. Seek out environments, groups, trainings, courses, people, and much more besides within the field of hypnosis and hypnotherapy that helps you start a journey of exploration and discovery for you, you know. Learning, developing, and humbling wanting to know more, that's the road of a geek. Get lost a few times and you derive a deeper understanding of the environment. Being a geek, you know, used to draw up images of social misfits, awkward conversations and less than attractive personalities. But it's just not the case anymore, as geeks have become global trendsetters and influencers. And I'm telling you now, everybody within the hypnosis field that I really rate and that I consider to be doing well and, and being a success has a real air of hypnosis geek about them. 
So there you have it. That's my advert for becoming a hypnosis geek um, this time round. So um, evidence-based hypnosis factoid of the week. And the factoid of the week is this, is that highly hypnotizable individuals tend to find it easy to be trusting of others. And that's a piece of research uh, put together by Roberts and Telegon back in the 1970s. Now, some may see an ability to suspend critical judgment and incorporate suggestions and direction from others as vulnerability, at least according to Herbert Spiegel's paper in the 70s as well. Though it also represents an aptitude for sociability, for cooperation in social relationships, which, as you'll know, um, 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 it is desirable in hypnosis, but but that aptitude tends to enhance hypnotizability, and heck, it's also an important um, um, facet of the life of, of of a human. You know, we're such a social species. So there you have it. Highly hypnotizable individuals tend to find it easy to be trusting of others. And that's it for this week's 72nd edition. I do have many more exciting guests that I'll welcome to Hypnosis Weekly in coming weeks too. We'll be discussing, debating, celebrating and above all remaining friends. Next time out, I welcome Australian-based Dr. Janet Hall. And we're going to be talking hypnosis and sex. Oh yes, the show's going to get sexy. All the references made in the discussions, along with related links, are posted at each episode on the Hypnosis Weekly website, www.hypnosis-weekly.com. I absolutely welcome your thoughts, comments, suggestions and questions, so do please message me or add them on the Hypnosis Weekly website. I'll make sure they are addressed, answered and explored accordingly. Please do share this podcast on Facebook, Twitter and anywhere else. Really help us reach the hypnosis field. My thanks again to Joanna Cameron and my thanks to you as always for tuning in. My name is Adam Eason. This has been Hypnosis Weekly. Until next time, goodbye for now. Mm -hmm.